Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Sure. Say something. Well, hi, folks. <laughs> Welcome to the H2O Podcast. I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Jason Hunt. And this is a dog. If you can't, for those of you at home who, who are listening, um, once again, Junior Office Dog has decided that I have the best lap. I will take her word for it. <laughs> Four to five dogs agree. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, uh, I do have uh, one piece of clarification that I need to uh, put out there This at the beginning of this with an apology oh. to Mrs. Boss, because last week, okay. last week we were having our discussion, mm. and Mindy turned around and started asking questions, and I told her what microphone to turn on. Turns out, it was not the correct microphone. I told her microphone number three, mm-hmm. which is usually her microphone. That's the one on the other side of the studio. You're a monster. Whereas the one she's sitting next to when she engineers this program is microphone number four. Mm-hmm. So, in my fatigue... I told her the wrong number. So everybody that was listening last week that was saying, we can't hear her, that's why. So my apologies to everybody. Though. I would like you to think about what you've done. <laughs> well, hopefully, I tested everything today. Hopefully, the microfo- both microphones are working because apparently mine last week was not picking up Exactly. It was a weird thing. Every now and again, despite having done this now for how many years, and this particular configuration seems to be fairly solid, but every now and again, we still have some issue with the audio mix, and I'm not exactly sure where it comes from. So, interestingly enough, because I do a lot of my work, my company, we all work from home, And I do a lot of work, obviously, through video calls and things like that. And the last few days, we've actually been noticing that, uh, primarily on Skype, which we use internally for communication, um, we've had periods where someone will be talking and there's the audio just literally drops out. Mm -hmm. And it's just like two or three seconds at a time. And then it's back without any kind of real... The video's fine, everything's fine, but the audio just drops out. Yeah. Um, which makes it fun when you're having a discussion and, you know, you're taking, you know, an important piece of note. <laughs> it's like someone gives you an they're like, I'm sorry, what? Or a phone number and you get like, two one. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. So, so I, have a, I have a question. For those who are watching, um, does, that, does that picture look really weird to you? Does that picture look grainy and pixelated to you? It looks that, quite grainy very, and pixelated. Very, very soft. low resolution. That's very odd. Um, I would think that we're broadcasting at the proper resolution. 
that just looks a little a little weird to me. So we'll keep an eye on that. All right, in the meantime, let us share with you a way you can save money with SuperheroStuff.com. You can use the promo code SciFi for me 10 and get 10% off your order. Um, Robert says we look a tad whited out. I guess we're we're glowing a little bit. It looks a little. It does bright. look that, and that's that camera there, which is a web camera, which does not have. Um, well, it does, I suppose. You look a hair soft there. Well, yours looks better than mine. Um, that's very strange. All right, just here. you vamp. Let me go look at a button. Sure. So you can introduce our topic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so. One of the things that we have noticed, of course, like everybody else, is that um, a great many films that are coming up clearly have been delayed for various reasons, most of them having to do with COVID and COVID-related shooting schedules. Um, and of course, people wanting to be back in the movie theaters and a lot of places are feeling that isn't safe, or the restrictions on the de where, wherever these you know, theaters are. Uh, consequently, we've seen the rise, the return of the drive-in, which is fantastic for those of us who are old enough to remember when drive-ins were a thing, and of course cool for the folks who never experienced drive-in theaters before, because there's a certain charm to them that it's nice to see them revived, and, and um, having grown up with that myself, it's kind of cool, although I haven't been out to the drive-in as often as I'd like since all of this started. But we are getting films coming out. There are a lot of films that have been pushed back to 2021, 2022. Production is moving forward on a lot of things that we're expecting to come out. And so we have a show on this particular channel, um, have had it in the past, and lovely to see it come back again, is a show called Trailer Park, where we look at trailers and uh, consider, you know, reaction kind of thing, and consider what this is going to be like. And certainly, with as much delay as we're getting with films coming out, we thought that we would take a minute to look at some of the trailers that are out for the stuff that's coming up and see what kind of feelings we have on these I, these these upcoming movies. And some of them are big, and some of them are small, and some of them, of course, are new properties. Some of them are a return to previous series. Um, a lot of anticipation for a lot of films. And, of course, like I said, we've seen them pushed further and further back into the schedule. But they're on the way. A lot of these films are completed. They're wrapped. They're in the can. The edit is done. Yes. They're just waiting at a time when they feel that the, the theaters are going to be safe. And while some films have been released to video on demand, streaming services, um, or you know some of the stuff that's coming out through Netflix or Hulu or whatever, HBO is putting stuff out, a lot of this stuff is still plan to have theatrical runs and that means it does get pushed back and while there's certainly money to be made through the streaming services um, you all you have to do to look at the what the current impact of you know the way things are right now on say tenant okay you know mm -hmm. gigantic film huge promotion and while it did under the circumstances okay in the theater it did two things. It really showed that okay is not a lot of money, all things considered, for, right. for, for Hollywood money. And also that it was another reminder that someone mixes his audio very, very interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, and, and Robert says that we look fine, just a bit different than usual. So, um, maybe that helps. That, that resolution looks really weird. Yeah, it's... Just well, a bit different than usual? What is... YouTube and Facebook have both been acting rather wonky of late. Because my... My habit is that whenever I'm posting to all of the different social media, you know, coming up next, and here's our show, and here's the link. Well, over the last week, week and a half, Facebook has not allowed me to post that particular mm. type of post onto our business page because I have a personal account. Through right. the personal account, sure. I administer, I'm the admin for the sci-fi for me page on facebook and used to be i could just post this stuff and i go and it's fine and for the last week or so i've been getting a message when i tried to do that saying i can't do that i'm not allowed to do that because it violates the terms and conditions or community standards or whatnot revolving spam mm. And I'm thinking this is very unusual because I haven't had a problem before. It's my page I'm the administrator on, the administrator. I should not have this issue. I'm not I'm not posting the link on lots of page, pages. Right, right. The only thing I can think of is that perhaps and, and this is off the cuff. This is not a refined thought, but perhaps somebody in one of the other groups where I've been posting some of this might have flagged it and said, this is spam. So maybe I'm in some sort of timeout limbo purgatory thing. I don't know. I mean, I've got a workaround for it. I don't, I don't have that much to worry about, but... You know, it's just it's just one more thing to annoy me. Well, you know, I think that it's a long list. There's one thing I think this last year maybe has made me kind of realize. I was talking to our friend Curtis Smith um, when recording um, the Zompocalypse Now, mm -hmm. and we were discussing the fact that oddly enough, we miss MySpace. <laughs> Because you could personalize uh, MySpace, and it was sure, I mean, and, and, sure. and, and the thing is, is that it was the early days of social media. We it had not yeah. turned into the thing that it is, and it was it was a really neat feeling reconnecting with your friends and 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 people you hadn't talked to in a long time, and right. and the the beginnings of social media seemed so innocent and so. Well, see, and I had <laughs> always the future looked bright in those days. Yeah, no kidding. All I, of thanks, Tom. And the thing is, is that again, it, you consider how brief it was. Yeah. That, not that long ago. Well, and and I had always seen... Tom checked out early and took his money Tom, and ran. Yeah, Tom bailed. Tom, Tom was a smart Tom lad. Tom bailed. Um, I had always seen F MySpace and then everything that came afterwards. It still, it still exists, by the way. It does. <laughs> it's, it's used mostly now by, by musical yeah. uh, musicians and, and performers. But I saw it as a marketing tool, just like anything else. So mm -hmm. I was okay, this is a way that I can put this stuff out there about my movies. And that's what that's primarily what I used it for. Right. I didn't I didn't get into finding people from high school that I've never spoken to in the last twenty years. Yeah, you know, sure. Right. There's maybe a 
handful of those people that I'm curious about what happened right. to them. I want to reconnect. But for the most part, people from that long ago in my life, if I'm not still in contact with them now, I have no reason to be. Yeah, well, I understand. But, you know, so Facebook, Twitter, all of these social media platforms to me is, is a marketing thing. And I have to remind myself every now and again that's what I'm supposed to be using it for. And try you know, and and restrain myself from doing other things. And every now and again I'll 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 post stuff and I and I go back in and I clean up and, and start deleting again. And and I have since this year and especially in the past few weeks, I have made it my New Year's resolution that I am only going to use social media for marketing. I am no longer going to be communicating in any way, shape, or form in any personal way with anyone on any of the social media platforms because it's Maybe just... Maybe going to call somebody? I Well... <laughs> I, I may not even do that. I, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm just... I don't want to talk to just, any of you. Everybody go away. I'm done. This is I, my porch. Get off. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I just... I we'll mean, clip it, that for a promo. I think... Uh, I just, it's, we, just, we just thought it was funny that, you know, for, for all that it's become and all the discussion about how it's all gotten so big and it needs to come apart and people talk about breaking these things up because it's right. become... And you just think about these early days and go, well, this is kind of cool. Mm. And then it's like so, so swiftly later in terms of technology. I mean, yeah. You know how fast this has gone. You look at it and go. Eh. Well, in YouTube, I mean, we we talk about the changes in YouTube and how corporate it's gotten and the emphasis on oh, sites like is. ESPN, MSNBC and all that, you know, Jimmy Fallon and Kimmel and stuff. And YouTube's slogan used to be broadcast yourself. Sure. And it was, uh, there was a heavy emphasis on the individual creator and the people who, like us, were just making stuff. We put it out there for people to see. And that seems to have fallen by the wayside rather solidly i mean we're still able to put stuff out but sure. for how long i mean well and and ultimately when when all is said and done i think that for all that twitter and and youtube and whatever the next thing is or the, comp the competitors are i mean those are the big the big names of course but there's mm -hmm. other competitors out there and in the end it's they're all gonna change i mean it's they're either gonna be they're either going uh, the next big thing will come along yeah or they'll reach a point where, you know, they they overstep a legal bound and someone has a justification to sit there and go, you know. Oh, I think we've passed that point a long the time problem, ago. The, but... the thing is, is that you got to reach a you have to reach a point where the law works in your favor. Yeah, and I that's, know. They're in they're in lie at the problem. Well, and I was I was looking. I got a I got a white paper today. I need to to sit and and read it. it but it basically is talking about it's asking the question from a marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it was specifically re regarding podcasts, but it, this could apply anywhere. Do you necessarily need social media to market your podcast, to market your show? And it had some very interesting arguments for 
dumping a lot of the social media channels. And so it's it's an interesting think piece. I need to go back and, will, and look at it again because this. I'm really seriously thinking about dumping Twitter. I, I will I will add to this uh, because in my experience with the shows that I listen to, the, the podcasts that I regularly listen to, um, shows like the Magnus Archives or um, Archive Eighty One or some of these other ones that are that have uh, dedicated fan bases, right? right. Um, you know, um, King Falls AM. These are these are they have a highly interactive fan base, and that's what they use Twitter for. Mm -hmm. And but they do a lot of stuff like the um, the Magnus Archives uses Discord very heavily for a lot of fan interaction. Um, but they also know that there are certain times of the week where, like on an episode release day, that's the Discord day. Yeah. The rest of the time it's kind of like uh, whatever. See, so, you know, we have a Discord. It's set up. I but it's just, not it's not structured, it's not organized, it's just there, it exists. I just can't get into Discord. Well, I'm not sure what we would use it That's for. That's part of the problem That's, is I don't I don't if I don't have we a had a hundred and fifty thousand subscribers instead of just fifteen hundred, I think maybe we could probably find a use for it. Because then you'd have the opportunity to interact. There's more there's more engagement with yeah, yeah. you know, more a more opportunity for people to do something. But right now, you know, we've got we've got fifteen hundred and eighteen subscribers on YouTube, mm -hmm. and out of those subscribers, maybe twenty percent of them are are even looking at our videos. A lot of our traffic comes from people who aren't subscribed, and that's fine. We welcome all the people of who course. want to watch our shows or listen to our shows, and great. But it's just it's one of those things where I'm just like, well, okay. How exactly is this supposed to work? Now, the fun part is, is we have, for as long as we've been doing this show, and we've watched it evolve in the various kinds of social media, mm. five years from now, what's it going to look like? Ten years from now, what's it going to look like? That's going to be the fun thing to sit there and go, we've had this show so long <laughs> <laughs> that we remember, you know, I mean, so there's... It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see because I honestly don't think it's gonna be the same five years from now or ten years from now. Oh no, I don't even think it's gonna be the same two years from now. The landscape is gonna be very. It's gonna be yeah. very interesting to see what happens because the technology keeps moving forward. And and although I have no, in, I'm not a gamer. I, I enjoy playing games from time to time, but I've never. I, I don't. It's not right. where I've spent my money. It's that sort of thing. I'd rather buy. A, <laughs> I'd rather buy a book. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know things like the Oculus and things like that that are getting they're getting traction yeah, right now. The VR the, stuff. VR and, and well, there was it, a that's a long time coming. We're even seeing uh, something that we noticed over the weekend. And Robert, I've seen I see your your comment that it, it is it is it does have value. Let me let me get to that for a second. The the thing that we're noticing with conventions that are going virtual, mm -hmm. they're starting to use VR. They're, they're setting yeah. up virtual convention rooms, convention halls, mm -hmm. and you can go in, and they're using game engines to drive this thing, and you don't have to have the the headset or anything. Right. Um, you can just you, you go in, and you use your mouse and, and mouse around. Country just did that. For, they, had, they had a VR experience that followed after the show, and it was, I mean, you could watch it on, online. You yeah. didn't have to have the setup. And I heard, and I never went and checked it out. Um 
uh, I heard a lot of people just talk. I mean, you see the buzz about it online, which is yeah. which is great. I think that that's, the technology has gotten to the point where you can do that kind of cool thing, and that that may be of the future a lot more than yeah. What was the one that we saw over the weekend? We were just looking at it. It's, it's was it? Uh, that was Midwest Game Fest. Midwest Game Fest, which is here in Kansas City. Um, Robert Robert says I'd be interested in a dedicated podcast recommendation discussion episode. Says, I love my favorite that. benefit of sci-fi for me is new sci-fi recommendations. There's not much discussion of podcasts anywhere I look. I I I think that's a very good idea for I a consume topic. a lot of podcasts and yeah. a lot of science fiction, fantasy and horror podcasts and I would definitely have some recommendations and I would have some ones that um because, you know, so much of this is going to go to your taste, right? Sure. Like anything else. Like you're going to, whether you enjoy more science fiction or more horror. Um, uh, there, I don't I don't listen to as many fantasy podcasts, although they're out there. Um, certainly there are a lot of good fiction ones and some really good nonfiction ones too. So I would be, I'd love to do that because quite frankly, I think there's a lot of stuff that can be recommended. And a lot of them are not necessarily the big names I mean, right. and some of the big names are coming to an end I, I I've, I've mentioned the magnus archives a lot this is the final season they're done that show's about to be over uh and, and i imagine at some point welcome to night vale will be finished you know um i don't know i think eventually. as long as long they well eventually eventually the, ca the cast will pass away of old age <laughs> Um, and so I think that, but I mean, it's, it's definitely got its own dedicated. And when they base. do, you do not walk past the graveyard. Well, just stay out of the dog park, folks. Just, just stay out of the dog the, park. The dog park is never going to be safe. Yes. Um, but we can go to the trailer park. Let's, let's yes. circle back to that because YouTube, one of the things about YouTube with it going so corporate is that you're going to see a lot of trailers on YouTube, and so we thought we would take a little bit of time because the trailer park show that we did for a while has kind of been sitting, and I'm I'm with Tim. I would like to see that show come back at some idea. point. It's it's the I, episodes I, are fun. Yeah, and the the challenge with it is getting it out in a timely manner when the trailers come out. Right, having the people who can participate in the show and, and do that. So we need to, we need to figure we need to expand our roster. We need to get more people involved. We need to figure out a time where we can do all of these things. How often are we going to do it? Because trailers are coming out all the time. So there's a lot of logistics involved in figuring out how to bring that show and back, if, but it if, may if be you something. If haven't seen the episodes, even though the trailers are obviously not for films, most of them are for films that have already come out. Right. Definitely, I think you definitely should check it out. It's a fun show, and and I think Jason did a really good job of bringing together an interesting group of people to talk about the trailers. Um, and there's been some uh, looking at these looking at these trailers from folks who actually understand you're actually film uh, critics mm -hmm. and going you know looking at it from a critic's point of view and having some some really insightful thoughts and some that are just like. Really? Why is this a thing? <laughs> you know, those are fun. Uh, I, I definitely say check it out. Uh, yeah. So, where do you want to start? Oh my goodness! Let's see. Um, you know, we could we could get in all kinds of trouble and start with um, the Snyder Cut. Could. Just right off the bat. 
<laughs> Those now, lump into besides, garbage. okay, so are you are you're looking at what HBO Max put out for DC Fandom? Yeah, because I don't think we. I don't we, think there's anything else that's coming out. Yet. No, there really hasn't no. been anything out. Uh, and what, what's interesting about some of these trailers is that they are uh, there's some of the tra- some of these films have new trailers that have recently come out. Mm. Uh, relatively recently, and some of them, of course, are the trailers. We've only gotten one, right? And we're only going to. But again, so many of these film things have been pushed back. Now, something like the Snyder Cut um, is, as far as we've heard, is still on schedule to come out when they were telling us it was going to come out. And now, a significant chunk of that involves post-production work. So there's a yeah. minimal amount of new. Fo- I mean, well, we we keep hearing there's more and more new footage being shot. So what we're going to get at the end of the day is another question. But uh, four minutes. So what I'm hearing is that we're going to get an extra four minutes. Like, no, it's going. To, there's going to be more than that. That seems a little curious to me. Anyway, uh, well, because yeah. you have, I think, forty, forty-five minutes. I mean, the, whatever, whatever end, ended up has already been shot. I'm. I guess I'm hearing that this is the additional footage. But that doesn't make any sense that they they've been shooting for a week for four minutes of footage. That doesn't that doesn't so, track. That's a really bad. That's a very time. very sophisticated scene. Yeah, no kidding. Right. There better be some really intense dialogue that is very emotional and mm-hmm. requires getting the take exactly right. That's there, right. That better be Kubrick level of. <laughs> Six six hundred cameras going all at once for a, a virtual three uh, D now if we get environment that, well that'd be kind of cool kind of cool but, yeah. uh, <laughs> I you know the for all of the, the the buzz and the chatter about the Snyder Cut I'm very curious about what it's actually going to look like because we've got. Uh, we've got hints that not only are we going to have the the usual suspects as far as the Justice League goes, the characters that we've already right. seen, mm-hmm. but there are hints that we're going to get Martian Manhunter. Right. And the original um, plot for Martian Manhunter is, is, is intended, yeah. or at least a part of it. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out, because some people have said that we've already seen him. Uh, there's a, well, settle down. There is a scene in the trailer where Martha Kent shows up at Lois Lane's place. And according to the rumor, that's not Martha Kent. And this rumor has been repeated a lot of times, so it seems to be leaning more into the, probably the thing that is happening. Yeah, maybe the thing. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Would you settle down, please, dog? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because the the Joss Whedon version, we're told he's not using anything that Whedon shot. So if you've got a four-hour story that does not incorporate anything that Whedon shot. How much of that? What you're? He, he's probably he probably shot what forty forty five minutes worth at least of that film. Sure. If you figure yeah. take out half of it, that's a lot of footage that didn't get used from Snyder. Which seems, yeah, 
So we'll see, we'll see what the finished version looks like. We'll see, but, I guess. Uh, and and it becomes. Uh, although I have to say that it is. Uh, I wonder about the financial benefit here, because there's a lot of money going into this. The financial benefit is everybody signing up for HBO Max. And that's... But you gotta keep them. I know. I know. And you have now Wonder Woman 1984, which looks like it's going to be in theaters for a week, and then it's going to HBO Max simultaneously, though it'll stay in theaters. Mm. But you also have it go to HBO Max right after that. So people will have an incentive if I don't want... I don't want to go to the movie theater because I don't want to. I don't want to die from from bug. Then here's here's your option. So that and then you've got Snyder Cut. You've got um, um, there's another there's another series that's coming to HBO Max. Is there not something they're working on now? What? I, I don't remember. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But it was, uh, where's the where are the he Harry Potter films going to live? Are those are coming. Those those are, are those are already there, right? Yeah. Okay. So you got. Yeah. So you've got the oh, entire. You've got the Warner Brothers library. You've sure. got everything that's there in Time Warner. You've got um, um, all of the all of the DC Universe stuff is going to HBO Max. You've got Titans. You've got Young Justice. You have it's the animated just, Harley Quinn. It's just a lot of money to put into a film, which I question, and I'm happy to be wrong. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm, I want to check it out and see what, what we got here, right? Sure. Oh, the, yeah, the new Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah. Um, it just It's a lot of money to put into what's it essentially is. is a remake. <laughs> Pretty much, it's a, uh, it's a yeah. Turnaround time remake. It's well, I mean, literally okay. a remake. So, well, it kind. Well, I guess the closest equivalent would be the Donner cut of Superman Two, which took it's that same kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, but that took that took a long time to happen. But you know, granted, it, he's not he's using stuff that he didn't shoot at that one because that's all you've got. What do you right. do with it? So it's not strictly what was originally the plan for Superman 2. But also they didn't dump as much. Or not, they weren't dumping anywhere near as much money. No, no, they weren't. But you, there is precedent. I mean, you have the director's cut of Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, yeah. no, I don't, Which I, they finally, it's basically, they finally got to finish the movie. Well, and uh, director's cuts are interesting, of course, because the, uh, the argument there is that it is the true vision of director. But yeah. very rarely do you get to sit there and go, and now we're going to spend millions of dollars to shoot. Well, how many director's cuts footage. are there? Or Blade Runner? Uh, well, uh, I believe <laughs> I believe there's 236 okay. at this point. Um, I well, and I think half of them Deckard's a replicant. Half this of them is isn't. this is a unique situation, though, definitely because is. of the circumstances around Snyder's departure. Mm -hmm. And the circumstances around the hashtag 
and the the fan movement. I mean, this is the equivalent of a, a B. Joe Trimble's letter writing campaign to save Star Trek, or the letter writing campaign to save Cagney and Lacey, or all of the peanuts being delivered to Fox to save Jericho. You know, the, these kind right. of things where it says, okay, there's something here. And I think if they had not been putting HBO Max together, if that wasn't a piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. we would not be getting the Snyder Cut. Well, and I think that also if... if I, I wonder what we would be talking about in terms of, the, of Snyder's Justice League movie if we had gotten Snyder's Justice League movie. Yeah. Because for all that people were very, very excited about getting this film, while it is turned into this big, big thing, it is worth remembering that a lot of people really, really did not like Man of Steel. A lot of people did. I didn't. A lot of people really didn't like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. A lot of people did. So it became, they, these were divisive movies, and yeah. there's no, there's, I don't think there's any question that Bat, that Justice League would have been, continued to be divisive mm-hmm. among, among the fans. I think a lot of it is, uh, I, a lot of it probably doesn't even have to do with the movie. I think there is a, a certain amount of sympathy for Snyder. I mean, no question. his daughter commits suicide. He's got to leave the project. We've heard, however, that the studio used that as a convenience to get him off the project because so many people were upset and, and we don't like Snyder and yada, yada, yada. We're making all these adjustments. I mean, there were so many different stories that came out of that production. You don't know what to believe. Yeah. And now, of course, you've got Ray Fisher out there making a bunch of noise about how badly he was treated. And whether any of that is true or not still remains to be seen it as was well. It was, at the very least, an extremely troubled production. Oh, at the very least. But the, the other the other part of that is, I think there's a lot of curiosity about mm-hmm. what Snyder would have done because there is there there is recognition that he was moving in a particular direction right. to a target, mm-hmm. and didn't get to finish that. At, you know through. Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, whatever that direction was going, whether that involved Man of Steel 2 or not, was still yet to be seen. But going from point A to point B to, oh, we fell off a cliff and now let's go over here to point 12, it everybody feels a little disjointed. Yeah, well, and there's no question, I think, that when you look at... The Justice League we got is such an okay movie. Mm. It's just, there's, it's sort of there in comparison to a lot of other superhero films. Of course, if we'd gotten that film 20 years ago, we'd be like, this is amazing! Because we didn't have, because of the, the types of superhero films we were, we were largely getting, if we were getting them at all. Yeah. Uh, but compared to the to the modern crop of superhero films, it, it just was it wasn't inspiring in no. in any way. So yeah, no, it's it's definitely something to look forward to in terms of uh, 
at least seeing a thing that's that's close to the idea of what the director had. Now, <clears throat> I think the other thing too is <sighs> it's a come from behind story. Oh, sure. yeah. It's it's a it's a overcoming the obstacles mm-hmm. and it's the you know you know, defeating what defeated you type of thing it's a comeback story and, and you know and i think there's a certain amount of satisfaction that fans will derive from seeing that story completed also- whether he gets to do any more of it or not Remains to be seen, but... The thing is that he actually falls into the category, whether you like his films or not, there are really only a handful or a few handfuls of directors right now that people recognize their names. Mm -hmm. Which is unfortunate because there are a lot of people who are are directing great films and doing really, really fine work, but they don't get the the cachet of of some of these big-name people. And for whatever reason... Snyder has made it into that category of right. people recognize a Snyder movie. He's got a style, and and certainly that uh, um, when you reach that sort of position in the public consciousness, you recognize you know this director does this kind of thing, and we see it with some of the. We're starting to see it with the Cronenberg uh, son. Mm, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, or or David Bowie's son, you know, and you end up with these names that end up kind of, you know. Well, uh, uh, who's uh, um, um, doing uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Ramus, uh, no, Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman. Yeah, yeah, Ivan Reitman's kid. So you get that that next generation of mm-hmm. directors that are coming out. Well, John Kasdan is well, he's not a director; he's a writer. Um, does he direct? I don't think John Kasdan writes. I think he's just a writer. But you see, well, some, you see some folks like like Villeneuve or or um, uh, uh, oh my god, just do a complete blank. Uh, for don't, heaven's sakes, don't say Ryan Johnson. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Uh, but you look at folks um, like the, uh, the guy who did the guy who's doing the did the Deadpool movies. Oh. These are these are people who I mean they 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 get a film and then they get another film and, and they build yeah. up this audience, uh, and it's always terrible when I can't remember the name of people. <laughs> it was, it was so I don't remember Nick something. I can't recall. I I don't know because uh, he did he did Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah yeah yeah, which was a terrible movie. But then you have somebody like um, you know um, Peter Jackson or you have you know. Um, Guillermo del Toro. You end up with these names where they where they make a certain style of film and they end up mm-hmm. building an audience. And and Snyder has done that as well. We've talked an awful lot about this movie. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing too, I think that you have AT and T making a number of decisions right now uh-huh. that, for good or ill, whatever you know, your mileage may vary as far as the corporate thing. Tim Miller, thank you for saying this. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, guys. For whatever you may think about the 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 hierarchy mm-hmm. and the decisions that are being made, I mean, you see what's going on with DC Comics. They're essentially cleaning house, and a lot of people think that it's long overdue. Uh, but Marvel could use it too. Uh, I I would hope that it's coming for Marvel. I would think, but at some point, 
AT&T makes decisions mm -hmm. that Time Warner probably didn't want to make. And DC Entertainment probably don't want to make. For good and for ill. For good and for ill. And I'm, I'm sure that Jason Kalar has got this giant whiteboard. And <laughs> there are two colors on that whiteboard. Yeah. Well, maybe three. Okay. There's one. He's, he's got some that are, that are in black ink. Some that are in red ink. And some that are, I don't know, maybe orange for unknown yet. And he's looking at changing all of that board so it's black ink. And he's making decisions and, and rightly so. I mean, you've got to you've got to turn a profit. It's you've got to make money. If you're doing something that loses money, you have to make a decision to do something differently. And I understand that. And You've got to have the right kind of corporate debt. You do have to have the right corporate debt. And and right now AT&T doesn't. Very true. They are they are I mean you they're looking to sell Crunchyroll. Uh, that deal is probably going to put Crunchyroll over at Sony. They're looking to dump was it Dish? Dish yeah. TV, mm -hmm. Dish Network. They're trying to get rid of that. Uh, and you know, that one's going to be a, a loss of what fifty million something like something that. Like yeah. that. It's it's well the technology is the technology marches on and dish yeah is a different generation of technology at this point yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's the new thing out there is that CNN may be on the chopping block, which. You think about the history of CNN and the prominence that it used to have in cable news before. Oh, but, but, I mean, granted, that was 25 years ago. Well, and there was, <laughs> what, a handful. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, the, the, the question now, we, we, and we've talked about this before, is you have so many choices. Yeah. That, that the dominance of, you know, people talk about the number one show on cable, and it's like, yeah, but you got two million views. I mean, you might be the number one on cable, but how many other channels are there? There's so many different options right mm -hmm. now that, that it, it, you want you want to use that marketing tool by all means. Yeah. Say you know, I'm the number where you got the number one on show. Great, good for you. But well, and yeah, we we we've got a couple of awards. I mean, that not that they mean that much, but we have we have a couple of awards. So sure, I'll I'll trot them out and I'll use them. Uh, but you know. That's, that's only that's only right and proper. That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I even have I even have been bestowed a title as the hardest working man on YouTube. Sci-Fi Snob says so. So I, it must be so. There we go. I am the hardest you, working. You man heard it on YouTube. the internet. It must be true. That's true. Yes, exactly right. Abraham Lincoln said that. <laughs> Jason, Jason, so, Jason. Everyone knows Abraham yeah. Lincoln didn't say that. Mahatma Gandhi said that. <laughs> well, he he texted it to Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln oh, said I it. Know. He read it in a speech. Uh, there was somebody, somebody, one of my rare excursions into Twitter, because I use Twitter for work. And so I can't even remember what it was now, but it was like this mutating meme where it was like people were doing a whole bunch of those. Mm, and, and, mm -hmm. and they were they were literally trying to do the most ridiculous ones they could come up with. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is five minutes of my day. I'm never going to get back. <laughs> but I'm amused for five minutes sure. and now I'm walking sure. away from this, this ridiculousness. Anyway. And the thing about it is, though, as ridiculous as it gets, 
it, it can, there can always be more. Somebody out there has used one. Of, yeah. Since then, someone has used, picked up one of those and they don't know where it came from. All right, let's talk let's start talking about Justice League. Let's talk about another one. Okay. So the new Candyman, or the Candyman trailer, I'm going to say the new yeah. Candyman okay. trailer, um, came out and unfortunately, it also definitely has been pushed for the back. And I guess they, again, they want to do it in the theater. Uh, if you've not seen this trailer, um, I'm actually, this is one of my, one of the, trailers I actually liked the most out of a lot of the recent trailers for the upcoming films and certainly for upcoming horror films mm -hmm. because it really if you're a fan of the original movie it goes to the same places in a way that moves into this time and place very very well you see a lot of when you're going back to a, a classic series of any kind whether it's science fiction or horror Drama, comedy, romance, whatever it is. There's always the risk of when you do the next story in it yeah. that you don't quite get what you should. And and that's always the risk in anything. But <clears throat> horror has a history of the remake or the reboot or this an infinite the number. The infinite number of sequels. I mean, the people are excited about getting a, a, a Hellraiser TV series because the movies have gotten progressively worse. Right. And and looking at this trailer, you know, the city, you know, it's set in Chicago. The city has changed. And what the the Cabrini Green of the original film and the Cabrini Green of today are completely different creatures. Mm -hmm. And so having this set in pretty much the same place in an, as the city has evolved as as the world has evolved is really clever, you know. And of course, having Tony Todd back. I mean, if you oh sure, this is one of those this is one of those roles that you know people complained that you know recasting Freddy for, for the Nightmare reboot, recasting this part with anyone but Tony Todd is just like, why would you do such a thing? <laughs> but and, and and it's generally it looks generally interesting and generally creepy. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, and again, we'll see how the film actually plays out. But in terms of a trailer, and in terms of a trailer that actually evokes the right emotions, right. if you're a horror fan, casting back to the original film, making it feel like a modern version that feels like it's respecting the original film, bringing back the right people, putting the story elements in place in the trailer, it's a very well-constructed trailer. And I thought that it was, it's one of those... Um, it's one of those, I, I, I'm like, ooh, wait, you mean I might get a horror film where a jump scare is earned? <laughs> because jump scares are fine, folks. You're, it's perfectly good to have a jump scare if you earn it. Yeah. You know, yeah, Alien, the first Alien film, um, uh, Terminator, if you look at Terminator as a horror film, there's all these moments that are essentially jump scares, mm -hmm. but they earn them. They, 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 you know, the first Halloween, of course, is like... This is how you do it, mm. and that's the other thing is that is that the Candyman trailer evokes mood. Yeah, and I think that that's something that that some horror films just don't seem to understand is that you have to have mood. Well, uh, there there is um, a, a younger generation, let's say, who does they don't really understand that there was stuff what come before they were born 
And that includes movies every generation, and TV shows <laughs> and books and, and all of that. And there are some who really don't understand that they're, they're unnecessarily reinventing the wheel. Um, and we see it with with Star Trek now, with uh, with Discovery especially, the way they sit there and say, "Well, it's the first time we f- fill in the blank." And all of us who have been watching Star Trek for nigh on a generation and a half or two generations is sitting there going, "No, it's not. <laughs> it's not the first." You're not doing the first of anything. And and it's very odd to sit there and look at the marketing for the press and the marketing that CBS is putting out for Star Trek because it's factually incorrect. And it makes me wonder... Because given all of the different critiques that I've seen about the craft involved in the stories that are being written, it makes me wonder if the people who are making those shows, who claim to be fans, are actually people who have watched the show. Mm. You know, I mean, Nicholas Meyer, Star Trek II, he had never seen Star Trek. And he gets hired to do this movie, and the first thing he does is he watches all of it. He immerses himself in the show. And from that, they pulled a couple of different episodes that they could pull threads from. And, and that's how we ended up with Khan because Space Seed had mm. you know, basically left on a cliffhanger. But Meyer understood that you have to understand the material. You have to know the stuff. And like you're saying with Candyman... And, you know, we see, like, maybe with Halloween Kills mm-hmm. as another one, that sense of understanding the source material and understanding what came before, the history of whatever the franchise is, right. it's a very important component to making the next one. And I think that's one of the reasons why Terminator Dark Fate doesn't work, because... No. The other problem with Terminator Dark Fate is that it's the same story again and again and again. Yeah, Terminator, and it's completely unnecessary. And and unfortunately, if you think as much as as much as Terminator Two is a fan favorite, it started there. Yeah, I mean the some things time travel is tricky. <laughs> you get it wrong more than you get it right when it comes to fiction. But it's something like Halloween Kills. Even then, you know, this was a this was a risk. This is the middle film of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. The first film ignores everything but the first film in a series of horror films. A lot of people sat there and said, "This may not be a good idea." Are you sure? Yeah. And then then they put out a a, a very well crafted, I think so, and, and dollar wise, it's it's better. And a lot of fans seem to think there are folks who who would disagree obviously but it's a fairly well crafted solid entry to this series of films as long as you ignore everything two decades two decades of of filmmaking and in this particular case fans are willing to do that because they got something that flows from the first film 
in a way that works. And that doesn't always happen, to be <laughs> sure. And so there's a, uh, a real chance that we're going to get a really solid series of films here. And again, it's a trailer, much like the Candyman film trailer, that you get a, uh, a sense that they are looking at the original material. They're looking at the modern material. They're trying to tell a story that makes sense. They're... Horror films have a bad habit of allowing certain narrative things like logic to go over here for a while. And you can enjoy those movies where things don't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. But the first Halloween film, one of the reasons that I think it works for so many people is that it definitely, it, it almost feels like a thing that could happen. Sure. And a lot of horror films simply don't. And that's fine. You buy it, you buy into the supernatural thing and you go, okay, yeah. we got up in the moment. But there's this there's this element to the Halloween films that I mean, admittedly, at this point Michael Myers is in his sixties. <laughs> he's very sprightly. The guy has been working out. He's he got does. in great shape he works for all out. these years. Well the, and and another one of those films that is going to do a similar type of thing is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Which looks like it's going to completely ignore Ghostbusters Answer the Call, whatever it's called now, Ghostbusters 2016. It's going to ignore that, and it's going to pick up from the or the original two, and maybe. I, there's cause... But it looks like they've figured it out. Just from the, the small amounts that we've seen so far, the, the fact that the Reitmans are involved... That's a big. That's a big plus. Mm -hmm. The fact that all of the original cast is back. Well, most of the original cast. The surviving. Well, cast. It, have we heard if Rick Moranis is coming back? Um, we have not. Um, he's he's the holdout, right? And quite frankly, but I mean, his his life his life has not required movies. But he's getting back into movies. He's getting a little. He's getting a little bit. He. Just, I just actually just saw a commercial with him in it. The one with the one with the um, Ryan Reynolds, the Mint Mobile. One. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was. Cute. Yeah, well, and you know that he he just he got he got attacked in New York City. They cut. They they, they have a the sus, They have yeah, a suspect. They do have the guy arrested, and says, hey, that's good. But it, you look at something like Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is that same kind of passing the torch to the next generation type of thing that you would expect this far down the line. I mean, it's kind of the same kind of thing that Star Wars did, where you have Star Wars, the next generation, and right. now you have Ghostbusters, the next generation. Well, and not only that, they make it a quest. It's a quest picture. Yeah. It's, you, the, the heroes, the heroes have gone missing. The, there's a goal for these young people, and there's, there's a, this is a, this is a classic piece of storytelling. Is... I haven't seen the quest cat, though, <laughs> that gives them the quest. <laughs> You know. Give it time. Give it time. Maybe that's maybe that's what Paul Rudd is there for. <laughs> he's, probably, he's the quest cat. But you you it, it evokes it's an interesting balance of nostalgia hmm. and yet looking forward to the future. And one of the things that we've talked about on this show is is the tendency to lean into nostalgia, maybe a little too much, or get take the long wrong messages from the, your your memory um, when it comes to entertainment. Oh yeah. And looking forward here. <laughs> And that's a and that's a risk when it comes to storytelling. And 
it's you you have to find that balance of giving the audience something new and yet still evoking if nothing else yeah it the, still the, has to live within that world comfortably the, and and i think that this the just the trailer and again folks re one more reminder trailers lie i love a good trailer yes but sometimes you get to the film and you realize all the best footage was in the trailer. Yeah. Trailers the, lie almost as much as Stephen Moffat does. Or the the folks who edited the trailer are better storytellers <laughs> than the folks who edited the film because the, the trailer is more narratively coherent than the movie is. That happens too. Yeah. We should do we should do a, a show on the worst lying trailers. That would, <laughs> we, we wouldn't be able to stick with science fiction and, and fantasy and horror. We'd probably have to branch out a little bit for that because there's there's some gems that, outside that, of that, that as could well. Be, that could be our, our, our return to trailer park. We need to <laughs> lead go. with that. Lying trailers that lie. Yes. Lying you trailers monsters. Because there's, there's, there's been some doozies. But you look at something... Um, or you... Or, you can, yeah. Sci-Fi Snob, the Suicide Squad trailer. That's a good example. Well, it, it and that goes back example. to the Snyder Cut. Is if the Snyder Cut works and is successful, you know, there's already a movement out there for the Ayer Cut of Suicide Squad. And you know, I well, I'd I don't be, know that it's necessary. Well, I'd be but... interested to see what he had in mind because he was talking about making it a darker film and and maybe see the problem is is that you have to capture the John Ostrander vibe yeah you have to go back to the source that's that's one of the ones where i, I think you'd be really going back to the first run and there have been some really good suicide squad or runs i haven't read all of them some have been rather acclaimed since the original series which did not include harley quinn did not include harley quinn because she hadn't she didn't exist as a character back then um but frankly i think people are going to wait and see what the james gunn film does yeah, and considering that it's James Gunn. James Gunn, I think that the 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 air cut is probably going to slip into the background. I'm not saying we shouldn't get it. I'm, I'm interested. Like I said, I'm interested to see what movie he wanted to make. But this is an interesting conundrum in terms of marketing because you know, like what you talked about with director's cuts, now you have the opportunity for good or ill, and and your mileage may vary depending on the film. But you have the opportunity to present more than one version of a film. Which is not necessarily new, by the way. Um, no, but because... it, and, and it may not necessarily be a good thing, but then because, you know, when, which one is your definitive version? But if you're leaning into the multiverse, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Any of them. Exactly. Could be. They're all definitive. Yeah. And, and it's a you know, multiverse theory tells you that everything is real. That's right. The trousers of time. Um, but at the same time, um, you can see trailers like those that are leaning into this sort of thing, and you're and you're getting excited about this, you know, something that feels like, you know, it's it's faithful and it's and it's new and it's interesting and it's it's going to bring something new to it, and then you get a trailer like uh, the Empty Man. That's a weird one. And all I could okay, so if you haven't seen the trailer for Empty Man, think it's it it's very creepy pasta, evocative, yeah. right? It's very urban legend. Um, it's a 
bunch of friends on a bridge, and apparently there's a legend. If you find an empty bottle on a bridge, you have to like blow into it and then call the empty man. It's it's a little bit of Bloody Mary. It's yeah. a little bit of Candyman. It's a little bit Beetlejuice. And and interestingly enough, if you watch the Candyman trailer right before or right after the empty man, <laughs> you sit there and go, Yeah, are you guys trying to make a teenage Candyman movie? Well, what if they are? Well, but the thing is, it also makes me feel a lot like a Slenderman picture. Mm. And there have been a number, and that's again, it's that creepy pasta evocative yeah. thing, and which would have worked better. When were when were they doing that on Sci-Fi? Two years ago. Two yeah, Three a, years a, ago? a few years ago, where where Channel Zero was on Sci-Fi, yeah. where they were leaning into the creepy pasta thing, because that was a big thing at the moment. And that as time. I'm watching this trailer, I'm thinking to myself. This probably, no matter what it's like here, would probably work better on TV. Mm -hmm. But it's late. It's oh yeah, it's it's past. It's, I think it's, it's, it feels past the curve. Yeah, it, and and I think that and, and it might be it might be fun. It might be, but it's also there's a certain amount of looking at because the, the girl character keeps, seems to be like manipulating the people around her. There's some there's some real ambiguity to the trailer, which on one hand is rather interesting, but. It's the last five seconds of the trailer where I'm like, something interesting happened. And I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I've seen this before. And then we get to the last five minutes. I'm like, well, I've seen that before too. But at least it's an interesting effect. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I mean, it's, it looks a little too much like a PG-13 uh, Candyman. And a little too much like a creepypasta thing that, and, and speaking of, Finding stuff on you know podcast stuff. There's a bunch of creepy pasta podcasts, and and you can actually find them on YouTube. There's there's folks who read creepy pastas on YouTube, uh, which is which is great. And in fact, yeah. I uh, there's a guy named Mr. Creepy Pasta who I will listen to some of his stuff because he does a one of his sub series is one that I listen to a lot. So, and you can find him on YouTube, and he's got podcasts as well. But, um, it just yeah, it feels like okay. Been there, done that. It feels like been there, done that. And yet yeah. at the same time, uh, you have something like um, Antlers. Yeah. So I've read the short story that Antlers is based on. It's on. Okay. It's, it's it's online. Yeah. And uh, see, because we've gotten into a lot of the horror trailers, and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, okay, this is not something that I'm going to watch, but the trailers are interesting, mm -hmm. and and. Antlers seems to be a little bit more intriguing to me than, say, Empty Man. Empty Man, I, we've seen this before. Yeah. You know, it's like you. I mean, saying. it might be great and shock us, but yeah. And Antlers, Antlers, it, it has elements. It's evocative of other things that we've seen before as well, but it feels like it's. At least not taking itself so seriously, and, but it's not, it doesn't feel tropey. Right. If that's, if that makes any sense. Because I, again, I'm not a big horror fan. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, this is, the, it's a trailer. And, and it, and it gives me enough that if I was a horror fan, I would, I would think I'd probably be interested in this film. Um, you know, the fact that Carrie Russell's in it, mm -hmm. and she's, I guess, carrying this film with the kid, 
that's an interesting dynamic that I think could play. and Because you, you wonder, is there going to be uh, a, a, a parent-child type of situation here? Because she sits there and she says, I'm all he's got, basically. Yep. So does that dynamic feed into it or is that going to be something that gets exploited or is there going to be subversion of expectations with that or something like that so uh, potential okay and, and but you know i'm i don't have any plans to see it but it it looks interesting it evokes some a, a mood and it you get enough glimpses of something hmm. you know there's you get a piece of an arm and things like that where you're just like, there's enough implication of what's there. It, it, there's some indication that it's leaning into Native American uh, mythology, yeah. uh, you know, and which I think is is something that there's some so many great Native American that That one scene, because you got Graham Greene in there, mm -hmm. and they say, oh, well, that's just legends. And he looks at me and he says, to you maybe. Yeah. I thought, what a what a great line. <laughs> yeah, it's and he the way he says it and the way he looks at him, it's kind of like, you know, on one hand there's a little bit of humor there, but on the other hand, look, you know, it's a, a little offensive thing that you just said to me. It's like, yeah. it, and and we don't get enough Native American uh, mythology and and religion in the horror genre. And in film, there's quite a few yeah. that's been with short stories and books, and there's some wonderful, wonderful stories, and some uh, really, really fascinating creatures that can be brought to the screen. And there's a little in indications in this trailer that uh, maybe more of the Windigo, mm -hmm. um, although the again the short story doesn't quite go quite like that. But I could see them leaning into it in the film. Yeah, um, it definitely evokes a mood uh, that looks. Like, if nothing else, they're going to give us something visually interesting and tonally interesting. Whether it's scary, we'll have to see. But Well, and speaking of, of visually interesting and tone, uh, let's, let's wrap up with Wonder Woman 1984. Because that one looks very much like... Linda Carter could just step into that film. I know. And, right? And I mean, they, they've she's even got to make a She's got to make a cameo. Oh, she's got to. Well, and it's the, a missed opportunity that she didn't play Hip Lady. You know, I, and I, I can understand why they didn't do that. But at the same time, right now in this film, it's such an opportunity to bring her in because yeah. it's such a time of thing. Now, the current trailer that's out, I think it's a, very, it's a good trailer. But, you know, I'm missing... The Blue Monday song, you oh. know. I mean, that, that, the, the first trailer, that first trailer used it so well yeah. that he, even here, well, there's plenty of things, and we get our we get our first look at you know. So we get we get much more of of Maxwell Lord, and he's if you if you read the Justice League comics at the time where he was introduced, you can see more of at least a little bit more in this trailer of that character coming through from the, yeah, from the comic. It still doesn't seem like it still doesn't seem like we're totally getting Maxwell Lord. It looks like we're getting the Donald Trump type filtered through Maxwell Lord well, so almost. The, okay, so the, I mean, this is why I say a little bit comes through. Because to actually get the Maxwell Lord of the comics, you need the Justice League. Well, yeah. 
and you need you needed <laughs> you need it to be funny because this was the Keith Giffen um, Justice League, League International. International. This yeah. was this was tongue in cheek to a large part, which made the Maxwell Lord arc, which even in the comic where there was a lot of silliness happening, was a fairly dark arc in the early days. He appeared as a hero. Turned out that he was this was not completely accurate, and the character is done hero villain hero villain hero villain all the way up until the point where he was like, no, we're just going to make him a villain forever. Yeah, um, and I think that that works to a degree. Uh, there's a little more of the charmer in this that I think that comes through a little more, which I think is one of the things, one of the key elements of, of Maxwell Lord in the early yeah. days. I, it doesn't look like he's going to have his power in this one. It looks like that's coming from an artifact, some sort of an object. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is so it's hard, where that's coming from, and it's which hard to tell. is unusual. It's that's not that's not. Well, and of course, in the, from the comic. In, yeah, because especially in the early days of the comic, you didn't know he had that power. That was something that sort of creep, yeah. crept in, and that was part of the story. You do get Cheetah, though. Yeah, mixed results on that, though. A lot of, well, mixed results, mixed reaction. People are looking at him going, really? Is that what you're doing? And some people are just oh, so stoked and really excited. It just, I guess, I, it depends. My concern, at least initially for this, and again, this is one of those situations where trailer information is not necessarily, it's not always completed product. Yeah. Completed effects. Um, and this is something that you don't just see here. You see it in a lot of superhero movies when you have the character goes completely digital mm. sometimes you sit there and go that's a digital character yeah uh, yeah and and sometimes it's sometimes you you look past it and sometimes you have the scene like well a significant chunk of things in the third matrix movie it's like okay someone needs to crank up the power on your rendering engine here guys yeah. but it's still at the same time you end up with i think the character at least one of the versions, because Cheetah has has had various versions depending on on which version of the DC universe you're playing with, um, and the idea that Kristen Wiig would be even remotely, you know, disturbing as opposed to just funny, <laughs> and you're watching this going, no, no, she's she's yeah. she's ter she she's coming across as another comedic performer. Who understands? Well, timing. horror and comedy. Horror they're, and comedy. they're bosom and, buddies. Yeah, and so. quite frankly, the cheetah is, is is a character who could very easily. Well, it's a werewolf character. Yeah, and and so it is. It's a character based in horror, and so, um, and just that's that sense that a lot of villains have, um, and and ordinary people for that matter, the sense that I'm I'm not getting what I deserve. And that's the motivation for the character, and there's something about that. And considering between the first trailer and, the, and what we get here, there's an arc for the character. Now, no. whether that arc plays out well in a two-hour movie... I would imagine... Well, and and what we're hearing about the third movie being modern day, you're adding another 40 years to mm -hmm. it. I doubt that Cheetah would be back. So she's probably going to be a one-off, which means either redemption arc, or, the, or the, the, the she super, gets cured, or she gets killed. The superhero movie solution to villains is to kill them off, and this is 
and Mar- not show a body. And Marvel does it. Yeah. DC does it, and they both gotta stop. Yeah, you're killing off all your cool villains. All right. But what they she, they she could come back. We're you now Steve Trevor. And I gotta tell you, as 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 silly as it is, all the Steve Trevor fish out of water eighty jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> having lived through the eighties, I'm looking at him going, "Yeah, yep, that's yep. it, that's it." And and the well, dead his deadpan, really? This is what we do now? People parachute, and I'm like, <laughs> "We there were many crimes." During the eighties, fashion was one of them. Yes, it was. Well, and, <laughs> and genuine confusion. I, I, and the stuff that I've the stuff that I've read so far, and the things that I'm seeing in the trailer, seem to confirm that how Steve Trevor is there, um, it seems like what we think is going to happen is going to happen. Right, and. Okay, for those of you who have seen Quantum Leap, you might get an inkling what I'm talking about. So it's I I don't know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. They've got to be able to make that work because if they don't sell it, let's just say that the current feeling is that he will not be returning in the third film. Well, that. He could be the grandson in that film. <laughs> he could be Steve Trevor's grandson. Right, right, right. Well, great, great, uh, great nephew. Sure, there we go. In in the grand tradition of comic book logic, where that relative looks just like, well, not just comic book logic, TV logic, movie logic. It, well, it's, it's now fiction. It's, I have I have run across people who are. Cousins mm-hmm. or you know siblings, sure. You right, know, right. But cause I've I've run across some cousins who could be mistaken for sure. Right, it happens. You know, it happens. Twins or you know brother or sister or even you know depending on the age group you know parent child. But it's 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 still an example of comic book, yeah, hand wavy. It's it it's a film I'm looking forward to. I am too. I I am looking forward to it. And and to Sci-Fi Snob's question about the uh, the rumor that it's going to HBO Max, I I'm of two minds about it because it right now what we're hearing is that the current plan is to keep it in the theaters at least a week. Let it go ahead and hit theaters December 25th like it's planned, and then. And then throw it on HBO Max afterwards. And whether or not it stays in theaters, I think, is the big toss-up question there. We don't know. Um, I'm I'm of two minds about this. I'm not one of these people who thinks that we should lock down the entire country and kill our economy. And, but, but I think you also have to be responsible in how you do open up the business and and start getting out there and doing things because sure. eventually we're going to have to I, you just we cannot sustain what we're doing and hope that businesses stay in business i mean it's just that we're already seeing you know regal cinemas is shutting a bunch of stuff down amc theaters is, is almost bankrupt this is you know mom and pop shops across the country are are gone and whether whether you buy into this is all by design or conspiracy or whatever it just happenstance or whatnot it, 
regardless of it, the results are businesses are dying. And movie theaters, and I agree with, with, uh, with Christopher Nolan, movie theaters are an integral, very important piece of the social fabric. And at some point, we're going to have to go back and go see movies. So whatever, whatever that looks like is yet to be determined. But the studios and the movie theater chains are going to have to figure this out. And they're still stumbling and fumbling around and trying to figure out a compromise that allows them to put movies in the theaters. I know Universal, I think, just did a deal with Cinemark. I think that would do it. And maybe maybe for at least a while we go day and date. You know, I mean, Bill and Ted 3 did it. We'll put it in theaters and we'll put it on home video yeah. all at the same time and see what happens. I it's it's too soon to tell what's going to work. Yeah. Really. I mean, nobody knows because it, nobody's done it enough that there's any kind of a <coughs> model. So I don't I don't know. Well, I would I, prefer to see it in theaters. Yeah, I would. I would too. And I think that the the news about you know we've got, now we've got a uh, a second vaccine that seems to have some some positive. I hear ninety four point five percent efficacy, and it can be pretty. It doesn't have to be as cold, stored as cold, which makes it means it can go out and be out longer, and it doesn't mm -hmm. require as much money to move it around the world. And these are all positive things. And if it's you know if we have two, then hopefully maybe we'll have three, and maybe we'll have you know other people will find different ways of dealing with this, and we can right. end up getting back to more of a normal thing because I think that until people feel and it's, it's a thing if you don't people don't feel safe going to the movies they're not gonna go yeah and I think that that's a real fear for some folks and especially it's a fear in some of these places where you have the big movie going audiences your big cities mm -hmm. where you've got you know your your New York's your LA's your Denver's your your well, you know, and you know there are a lot of places where and we even see it here, you know, the drive-in environment has come back mm -hmm. a little bit. There's opportunities there. There's possibilities there. Sure. And however many screens still exist, whatever state of disrepair they're and in. Unfortunately, but, that's the situation for a lot yeah. of these is that while we... Or throw the movie screen up against the wall like we, some of them are doing here. We've so. talked about some of this on, on uh, Good Morning Multiverse is that there have been these screening events around the country. Mm -hmm. And they sit there and go, we're going to show all these, all these theaters. And you look it up and go, that closest one is 200 miles for me. Yeah. Well, uh, and we have a drive-in in Kansas City. We have a working drive-in here. And so, yeah, but it's it's an interesting thing, and and while I'm I'm happy to see those drive-ins come in, uh, have some love again, whether or not they figured out that it's justifiable to build new ones. Yeah, that's going to be question. the question. Yeah, and that's a question for another day. We'll go ahead and 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 end it there. Um, next week is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week, so we are going to take that week off to peacefully protest turkeys, and then we will be back the week after I'm that. I'm going to be peacefully Is that eating. Before or after we throw them out? Uh, throw them out of the, of the helicopter? 
As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll take off next week, and then we will be back the week after that uh, for a regular a regular hour. We'll talk about podcasts. We can talk about podcasts. Yeah, we'll we'll, and that gives us time to put a list together of recommendations, and we'll do that in two weeks' time. In the meantime, if you are not subscribed. Uh, we do invite you to do that. And don't forget, also, we do have the discount over at SuperheroStuff.com. 10% off when you use the promo code SciFi for me 10 And with that money you save, you could maybe support us. We have a subscribe, a subscribe star account uh, that we uh, use that we haven't, we haven't really... I need to update... Uh, and then also we have these stickers that if you want one, you can send us a self-addressed stamped envelope to 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. And if you have material to review, you can send it to that address as well. And we'll add it to the pile. Speaking of which, on the table there is your copy of Train to Busan Peninsula. We will add that. Indeed. To the list. Um, if there is a podcast, uh, in, in, since we're going to talk about two weeks, if there are podcasts you have a question about, or if there is a genre, podcast genre, that or you have, you, or if you have recommendations, oh, please, please, yes. please, please. Like I said, I listen to a ton of them. I always yep. listen to more. H two O at sci fi for me com is the email address, or you can leave a comment, and we will add that to the list as well. And we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks for being here, folks. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.